Hey friends, welcome back to Monday Musings with Michelle. Today we're talking about colonoscopies. Kind of random maybe, but I'm a huge believer in preventative health care. And as you may have noted, if you've listened to my show, the doctors that I'm bringing on are really trying to give us information and education in order to help us practice and implement better preventative strategies to take care of our health. The reason I wanted to mention colonoscopies in particular is because I personally was putting mine off. The recommendation used to be the age of 50, and it is now 45. So when I was 50, I'm like, well, I just turned 50, I've got some time. And I had the same thought at 51, and then I did I did have my colonoscopy at the age of 52. I did it this year. And I think one of the reasons we put off things like colonoscopies is we don't really have that much information about what it entails. And without getting too graphic or sharing too much information, I want to give you that information so that maybe by knowing what to expect, you'll be more open to discussing it with your doctor. And before I share anything, I can't emphasize enough that this is not medical advice in any way. It's just my experience with my colonoscopy, my very first one, and you should 100% follow the recommendations that your doctor provides. Each practice, each doctor, from what I understand, may do it a little bit different. And what they may be doing differently is the way that they sedate you, um, the prep that they may give you. Your prep may be different based on any health histories. So I didn't have any history of anything. This was going to be a routine colonoscopy. Um, and also the the um, prep medicine that they give to clean you out also can vary from provider and even to patient to patient. So keep that in mind when you listen to this. This is not advice. Seek out your doctor for this information and definitely, definitely follow whatever recommendations they give you exactly. So follow the instructions exactly as they give them to you. That's one of the big takeaways, I think, from today. Okay, so you now know the recommendation is age 45. If you're like me and you're in your 50s, then it is no longer recommended to wait till you're 50. It's younger. And my understanding is because they're finding colon cancer in people at younger ages. So they've decided to start screening sooner. Now, I was going to record this back in August when I did it and everything was a lot fresher in my memory, but I'm going to do my best in terms of just helping you understand, because I think the doctor gives you the information and then, you know, the questions you may have for the doc is about the prep, like what to eat and what's on the list and what's not on the list. And you might ask a friend or a family member, and they're just going to say the worst part is the prep. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more so you really understand what goes down. So my memory was about 
four to five days out, you might start altering what you eat. And then the three days leading up to the colonoscopy, you start following the handout. It appears to be like low fiber foods. And I don't have the handout with me that I was given. So I kept the diet to something that wasn't really what I would normally eat because I couldn't. I couldn't have my fresh fruits and vegetables that I normally would have, the lettuce and the seeds and the nuts and the berries. So none of that was on the table. So a lot of the stuff that I would normally eat, I couldn't. So I didn't worry too much about whether my diet was healthy. So if I was going to eat a bagel and cream cheese, I was going to be okay with that. So my understanding of what happens during the colonoscopy is that they're looking for any polyps that may be growing in your colon. And the device that they use removes those polyps and then they biopsy them to make sure there's no cancer. And if no polyps are found during that first colonoscopy, my understanding is that they schedule it for 10 years out. But Again, if there's family history, they may want to see you every five years, even if there's no polyps, your doctor will explain to you how they want to screen you and the frequency based on all of that. My doctor's office actually sent a video I could watch (laughs) um, about what to expect and how to prep, and I watched it. Um, Katie Couric also, I think, filmed herself getting a colonoscopy. So you could actually watch her procedure too. Um, Sadly, her husband had passed away, I think pretty young from colon cancer. And so she wanted to educate others about um, the risk and to encourage people to get screened. Now there is something called Cologuard, which basically takes a fecal sample and screens for cancer. Um, I've done that before, and that is also partially why I wasn't in a rush to get the colonoscopy because mine came back negative, but they can be false positives and false negatives. And truly the colonoscopy is really the only way to determine if there's any polyps there. So, um, you can discuss all of this with your doctor. So just something to keep in mind. If you've done Cologuard as well, my insurance covered it. Some insurance won't, and it's expensive to pay out of pocket. Um, my understanding is a routine colonoscopy is covered. So in terms of cost, it shouldn't, it shouldn't cost you anything. So anyway, they provide you a handout with what you can eat. I was eating a lot of just like plain foods, some um, chicken broth. My understanding is you can't have bone broth. I made sure to have saltines on hand, ginger ale, Gatorade, which I never touch. It was the lemon lime one. Um, I think you can't have things with color. Like, you know, you couldn't have a red colored Gatorade. Um, all of these things will be on the handout. So I didn't eat too much, so you got to figure the more you eat, the more that's going to come out when you do. So I was prescribed soup prep for my bowel prep, and basically what I had to do was pour some powder 
uh, with some water, mix it up. At six o'clock the night before the procedure, my procedure was at 10.30 the next morning. So my first prep started at 6 p.m. Um, once you drink that, as you can expect, that's when it starts to clean you out. Um, and then I had to get up at two in the morning for the second one. So you can imagine that, you know, you don't want to miss that alarm. You want to make sure you do it correctly. And then I had to prepare the sec, like the rest of the powder, uh, with the water, mix it up. And so the day of where you have to stop eating, I was drinking chicken broth and having ginger ale and, um, I did the Gatorade when I was doing after I drank the prep, which doesn't taste good. The second prep is a little bit trickier because you're tired and you haven't eaten and you could get nauseous. And so I actually used Insight Timer to play some relaxing breath meditation it may sound crazy, but I really just wanted to stay as calm as possible. And I have to tell you the other thing that I did that really, really helped me prepare, which was I changed my mindset. The first few times I was scheduled to go in for the colonoscopy, there was always something that came up where a month out, I would just cancel it because my mind wasn't set to do it. But the second I decided, okay, you've got to get this done. You've got to check this box. You got to make sure that everything's okay. I changed my mind and I did everything possible to do it correctly. Make sure that the bowel prep worked and, you know, I was cleaned out fully because if you're not, I think that can also impact um, the procedure and they may make you come back. So, my mindset was set and so I just breathed through the discomfort in the morning, the nausea, the feeling of being nauseous and all of that. And because my procedure was at 10.30, I was able to get some sleep and I set my alarm. I did take a shower and I got ready to go. And then my husband drove me and when I showed up, I checked in, you have to fill out some paperwork, you wait in the waiting room, they call you. Then I was met by a nurse so there were there was a room with multiple beds in it separated by curtains. Every facility might be different. I was given something called twilight sedation, which does not require an anesthesiologist. And the nurse reviewed a bunch of stuff with me, um, allergies and all the stuff. The morning that I was going in, I had had some really intense hand pain for weeks. I couldn't even open a jar. I still don't know what triggered that, but it was radiating through my arm. And so I let the nurse know that. And um, unfortunately they had to put the IV in my left arm and you roll over on your left side. Um, they couldn't find a good vein in my right arm. So they put it in my left arm and I remembered thinking, okay, when I go in the room, I'm going to position myself so there's no way I could impact the tube and the ability for the medicine to get to me. And I'm going to let you know why I'm mentioning that because um, I got wheeled into the room once um, 
the IV was put in. And I think at that point it was just for hydration. And then I met with the nurse and the doctor and the nurse came over and she gave me two meds. One was fentanyl for the pain and two was some medicine, I can't remember the name, that makes you forget everything. I mean, when I say forget everything, you forget everything. And so I will tell you that she (laughs) inserted the meds and I don't remember anything from that point on. Um, I had told them that I had a high threshold for pain, but a low tolerance for medication because I can be really sensitive to medications. And um, the doc assured me she'd start me off, you know, on the lower side. Um, The way I know this is that I had an emergency C-section when I gave birth to my daughter and I left the hospital and I had stopped taking pain meds. I have friends who were on them for the full two weeks and um, I was running up and down my fifth floor walk up going to and from the hospital because I had to leave my daughter in the NICU. So I know from that experience and C-sections are quite painful that, you know, after four or five days, I I was off the medication and they wanted me to continue taking it, but I didn't want it in my daughter's breast milk. So I stopped and I didn't, I didn't even need it. So the procedure was done. I have no recollection of getting dressed, of talking to the nurse, of being told anything, of my husband picking me up, of getting in the car, of being wheeled out in a wheelchair to the car zero memory of any of it. I have a faint memory of driving a little bit and then walking in the house and throwing up a little bit um, and then saying, I need to lie down. Uh, A couple hours later, I got a call from one of the nurses and she told me that my colonoscopy was not completed. And I was a little shocked. Um, The good news is I had no discomfort or pain. Um, It was like as if nothing had happened but apparently the doctor had gone two thirds of the way in and I had said, I'm in too much pain, please stop. No memory of any of this. Um, They used a pretty high amount of fentanyl. And I know this because the nurse who called me wanted to make sure I was okay, especially in lieu of how much they had given me. And thankfully I was fine on all counts other than I had no memory I was shocked that I told the doctor to stop because I can't imagine why I would have done that. Um, And I was also really disappointed because as I mentioned, I had set my mind to get it done, check the box and be done. Now, nothing was found in the two thirds of my colon that they checked, but I was told by another gastroenterologist that um, it's in that final third uh, part where often the cancers are found and that I really need to go and get it done again. And so I will go and get another one done later this year, um, just so I can truly check the box. And I was told that it would be under uh, with propofol, which requires an anesthesi- anesthesiologist. So I will truly be out like more like an actual surgery. Um, and It won't be twilight sedation like last time. Now, here are a few key takeaways. Ask as many questions as you can of your doctor. Um, Any concerns you have, anything you want to know. 
you should be as confident as you can going into the situation. Second is trust your gut. I have nothing bad to say about the doctor that did my procedure. But if I'm being honest, part of the reason I was putting it off is when I met her, something was holding me back from going to see her specifically. And I didn't know why. Um, like I said, I had no pain. Seems she did a good job with the two thirds. I still don't have any idea what was said or why it would have hurt so much that I would have asked her to stop. Part of me wonders if I was just fixated on my arm that day that was hurting and I was just babbling about that. Although if they gave me a high dose of fentanyl, in theory, I shouldn't have felt any pain at all, including in my arm. But you have to be your own advocate. Find someone you're you're super comfortable with. Do meet them before you have a colonoscopy if you can, so that you can ask your questions and they know your face and you can discuss any health concerns or any health history or any sensitivities or allergies to medicine and all that stuff. I, I think it's nice to have at least one point of contact with that person. Um, interestingly though, I went to reschedule and I was still listed as needing twilight sedation. And so even after all this happened and even though it was noted that I needed propofol, it was still written incorrectly and put in incorrectly for the follow-up with the new doctor. So I had to set up a, an appointment with this person, which I wanted to do anyway, and he corrected it and now I can schedule it. But he said his office would follow up and no one has followed up. So just know that you have to take your health in your own hands. You can't rely on a system, on schedulers, on admins, on the docs. You have to do what you need to do to get the care that you deserve. So um, again, this is not a knock on any of these providers. I think all of them work really hard and have a lot on their plates. Um, but yeah, you want to make sure they're using the right meds. Um, if they're telling you you need a different kind of sedation and um, you need to do what you need to do to get on the calendar. Usually you book a few months out anyway because these providers are really busy. Other takeaways besides the mindset, yeah, maybe ask what percentage of the cases that you have are incomplete, what could possibly cause that? Is there anything I could do to prevent that? Not a, It's not a pleasant experience, so to the degree you can just get it done and not have to go back like I did, like I have to, that would be, that would be the ideal world make sure you're following the instructions to a T. Um, all of that is going to ensure that you take care of your health. Make sure you stay hydrated though, to the, to the time frame within the time frame that they're giving you, um, where you could still be drinking and make sure you're drinking the things that they tell you that are on the okay list. Cause not everything is on the okay list. I can't think of anything else that I had wished I'd known in advance, but um, everybody's body's probably going to respond a little bit different to the bowel prep. And um, there should be a nurse's line or some phone number that you could call if you had questions. I didn't run into that. Um, 
but that would probably be worth asking. Like, what would you do if you had a situation where you weren't sure or the medicine didn't completely clean you out? You know, how do you know what to do or who who you should call? Um, any information you can get in advance so you feel like you're in good hands and you're fully prepped as best as you possibly can. And then you just, you're putting yourself in their hands when you go in for the procedure. So I am, again, just sharing my experience. This is not advice. And um, I do hope it helps you though. And I guess I'll just say once the, um, you know, I started remembering a little bit again and I was back uh, to myself, I felt completely fine and I was able to eat fine and everything else was pretty much normal. Uh, but you would be planning to take that day off to rest and recuperate. Um, so just keep that in mind as well. And you will need somebody to bring you home from the appointment. Either way, whether you get twilight sedation like I did or what I'm going to be getting where you're put under by an anesthesiologist. Um, so do take care of your health. Preventative health is important. And do your research on colonoscopies and do have a conversation with your doctor if you are due to have one. And I hope that this does help you if you are scheduling one um, to feel like you have more information and it's not such a mystery, which like I said, can prevent you from wanting to do it in the first place. So thanks for listening and I'll be back with you on Wednesday with all new interviews. Bye for now. This podcast is presented for entertainment and educational purposes only. Any information provided is not intended to be a substitute for medical, mental health, or other professional advice. Seek out your trusted healthcare provider or other qualified professional for all matters dealing with your health and well-being. Any opinions or information provided by a guest are their own and not those of Michelle Lamoureux or the company.